I'm Steph. And I'm Jeff. Each week, we review a film that's streaming on Netflix or Amazon Prime. As writers, we'll deep dive into the hook, plot, characters, and movie to tell you if it's a good story. Listen at your own risk. This review contains spoilers. Now sit back. Relax. And and enjoy Stream On. Today, we'll be discussing Britney Runs a Marathon, streaming right now on Amazon Prime. Britney lives in New York City. She is overweight, in a low-paying dead-end job, regularly abuses drugs and alcohol, and lives with a friend who regularly denigrates her. She is funny, but not as funny as she thinks. After being warned about her health during a checkup, she starts running. Uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon was directed by Paul Downs Colaizo, and it was written also by Paul. It was based on a story of the director's friend named Brittany, who reshaped her life in a lot of different ways, running being one of those ways. So it was like loosely based on this friend that he knows. I don't think that Brittany actually, like the real life Brittany actually ran the New York City Marathon, but did take up running and just other healthy things as a way to reinvent her life. So he took that initial story from what his friend was doing and then fictionalized it in this character in Brittany Runs a Marathon. Uh, it stars Jillian Bell as our titular character, Brittany, Karsh Ambukar as Jern Don, who uh, is Brittany's friend and then later love interest, and Michaela Watkins, who is Catherine, uh, one of her running friends that she makes. So I chose this film because it was in the week of the elections and it was just a very stressful week in America and I wanted something positive. I was looking for an uplifting, positive story and this one came across my radar. It had good reviews and so I decided, yeah, let's just do something happy and positive. So that's why I decided to check this one out. And I always like a good story of someone like down and out on their luck and then working to self-improve. That's why I chose Brittany Runs a Marathon. What film does this remind you of? So I chose the comedy Legally Blonde. Um, And the reason I chose this is because Brittany Runs a Marathon is also a comedy. And the similarity is that both films are about a girl who's going in the wrong direction with her life, or really just going nowhere in her life. Um, Obviously, with Brittany, she is partying, working a dead-end job. She's overweight. Um, versus in Legally Blonde, you've got Elle Woods, who's just partying in college and just very superficial and has no major ambitions for herself. And then both characters decide to take dramatic turn in their life. So Elle Woods' character in Legally Blonde decides, I'm going to go to law school after a bad breakup with her boyfriend. That's like the impetus for her to change her life. And then Brittany decides she's going to lose a bunch of weight and run a marathon um, after this bad checkup with the doctor. And so they both have to go through a lot of struggles um, to improve themselves. And there's comedy along the way. There's some downturns along the way, but ultimately they prevail and they're both comedic, positive, uplifting stories. So that's why I chose Legally Blonde. I chose a uh, 2014 body horror movie called Starry Eyes. Okay. (laughs) 
It's about a struggling actress who's surrounded by dismissive and toxic friends. She decides to try to go for her dream and remake her life and winds up murdering all of her friends and becoming the host to a demon. But she gets the fame she wanted. She has a happy ending. This film, interestingly enough, does parallel this like kind of obscure horror movie fairly well. Also, I had to pick something that wasn't just a comedy, so I had to go with a gruesome body horror movie. It's this idea of taking the character who has a stated dream, but is moving in the wrong direction. In the case of the protagonist from Starry Eyes, she wants to be a actress and is basically waitressing. Brittany is a, it's a little fuzzier, but we know she came to New York City to get into advertising. Right. And isn't doing any of that. She's just working as a, at a local theater. Right. And both these movies, in their own way, do look at what happens when you refocus on something that you think is going to turn your life around. And what are you willing to pay? And what does it do to your relationships? Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, the track these movies are on is very different. This is a mostly comedic, although also dramatic film. So it's more of a dramedy. Starry Eyes is a gruesome body horror movie. But it does look at that idea of when you hyper-focus on something you think is going to fix you, what does that do to the people in the world around you? Right. There's shrapnel effects with that decision, which we'll see in Brittany Runs a Marathon. Okay, well, let's let's get into it. So thoughts on the hook, Jeff? Did it get you in the first 15 minutes? Well, it's effective. We do get a nice thumbnail of Brittany. We see that, you know, she has a lot of unhealthy lifestyle choices she's made, that she's fairly upbeat and bubbly. We do learn that the people who are around her, especially her roommate, is not the best person for her to be around. We get the idea, too, that she is given this diagnosis. She needs to take care of her health. And we know she's broke because she says that. So running is a thing she can do. We understand why she gets into running. We get a good sense of who she is and what her life is like. We understand what her motives are, and also why, you know, she's kind of suspicious of people. Because we do get that, and that is something that plays out throughout the movie, that she doesn't like people helping her. Right. And that is the theme of the film. So yeah, I think it works well enough. It does what it's supposed to do, which is get you some invested in a character and set up the rest of the story. So what do you think? I would say that um, I was invested with Brittany after The Hook. I wanted to see how she was going to change her life around. So in, in that way, The Hook was very effective. Um, you know, she It sets up annoying character quirks of her, like one of the early scenes where she thinks she's being funny, but it's she's not. It's actually quite awkward for her. Like her boss is trying to have a serious conversation with her about, hey, Brittany, you're showing up late to work all the time. It's becoming an issue. And Brittany is ignoring the serious conversation and just is trying to be funny. And she's not really being funny. You can see that she uses humor as a way to get out of uncomfortable situations instead of facing the discomfort of the situation. She has a weird quirk where she randomly goes into a British accent out of nowhere. It's annoying. And it's like, it's it's a character quirk that I didn't really like. Um, and I didn't think it added anything to the film, but it was also something she did when she was uncomfortable was to use the British accent. So you get a sense of her pretty early on. A lot of her stuff are these distancing mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's what this all is, is that she is faced with a situation that she finds uncomfortable. So she does these things without fully, I think, understanding, at least until people kind of point it out, how annoying some of them are. Because later on, like with the uh, British accent you mentioned, that is actually brought up where someone says, stop doing that. Yeah, you don't need to be that defensive around me. You can be yourself. Let your guard down. It also sets up Gretchen, who's like her bitchy roommate, who's basically she's like the fat friend to pretty skinny Gretchen is 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 what they're trying to set up with that dynamic. And Gretchen is trying to become like a YouTube or Instagram star. And she's, she's very superficial. And Brittany just goes along with it as her sidekick. Uh, she's the funny fat sidekick and she sees herself that way like Brittany has basically embraced that as her lot in life and Gretchen you get the sense that Gretchen likes to keep Brittany around because it makes Gretchen feel better about herself because she is also struggling she's not this great YouTube star that she wants to be so you get to learn that you also meet another key character in this film which is Catherine the running friend. Um, they call her Moneybags Martha. She she judges her without knowing this character at all. She's a lady that's older than her that lives in the apartment above her. And she like Facebook stalked her and internet, you know, Googled her and figured out that she came from money. And so that's why they called her Moneybags Martha. But what happens is Brittany, after she gets the devastating news from the doctor that she's like, her BMI is 32 and she needs to lose like 50 pounds and this and that. And she's like sitting in her apartment crying, just devastated. She doesn't have a good job. She's fat, all this stuff. It's interesting, you know, that you had, you compared this to Legally Blonde. I won't say they're different types of movies, but they're different types of characters. Elle in Legally Blonde is basically set up as a good person from the beginning. She's superficial, but she's not like, a bad person. Brittany has some really negative traits about her. She can be mean. Yeah, and you see that immediately, which actually is something I really appreciate, that this isn't just the, oh, really nice girl who's just had down on her luck and just needs to make some changes and everything will be perfect. There's a lot more work involved because she has personality issues. Oh, like yeah. Serious ones. Yeah, no, that was, that's a great point you bring up because, like, she's mean to Catherine. So Catherine hears her crying because, you know, the walls are thin in these apartments. And so she knocks on her door and says, hey, are you okay? And she basically judges her right away and says, you know, I don't need your pity, you freaking narcissist. She calls her a narcissist with really no evidence of that. You know, she basically attacks her from her own place, Brittany's own place of insecurity, where she says, you've got this great life, you know, nothing about me and how much struggle I have, you have, you know, you're, you're rich, you have two places, husband, kids, all this stuff. And then Catherine's like, it's nice that someone else thinks my life is great, but I'm a former recovered heroin addict. I'm going through a right. messy divorce. Like, like she sort of she starts trying to open up. Actually, we hear, hear about the divorce later. She doesn't get a chance to tell her that then. But she talks about being a former addict, and like Brittany doesn't even soak that in. She doesn't even empathize with. Oh, okay. So this person has struggled in life. She just assumes her struggles are automatically worse than Catherine's, and she's like, I don't need your help. Catherine's trying to say, hey, you just set little goals for yourself. You know, I understand it feels overwhelming to lose weight, but just set little goals. And Brittany just isn't ready to hear it. She slams the door on her. And you just, you're like, ugh. Like, Brittany's got a lot of work to do to change herself, not just her body. She's got to lose 
50 pounds, but she also has to lose her attitude and her judgment of other people. Her roommate says, you'll always be that fat girl inside. And that's really the thing. It's not about her losing weight or anything. It's losing the personality that she's developed as a defense mechanism. A lot of this story is basically about, you know, it is about her losing weight and all that, but a lot of it is about how she changes herself. Because from a lot of the movies, she's not a particularly nice person to be around. And she has some self-respect issues, right? Like she oh, yeah. she comes from that place of insecurity because she doesn't respect herself. Like there's a scene in the hook where you get a sense of that. They're at a club and this guy is hitting on her and he like is clearly drunk and he, he talks about how he just, you know, got dumped by his girlfriend and he's like, do you want to go to the bathroom? And then he holds up napkins and he said, you can put your knees on these. Brittany at first kind of like, oh, you know, but then you get the sense later that she, oh, she definitely does, does it, it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie basically alludes that she does it. So she lacks respect for herself and then she's probably secretly angry at herself, but then, and then she lashes out at other people. So you get a lot in the, I, I feel like this movie does a really good job in the first 15 minutes telling you a lot about this character and, and they show you, they don't just tell, like they're showing you through the actions the type of person that she is and all the work that she's going to have to do throughout this film. So to me, it was a very effective hook. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. A lot of the things we see are just through the interactions of the the natural interactions of their characters scenes like, yes, the bathroom blowjob. You don't see it. And she never says, I'm going to do it, but you know, she's going to do it if she did that. Mm -hmm. So no, it's, it is very effective opening is very effective in building her up and here are the problems here's what she has to overcome and you know much like you by the time it was the hook was done i'm like i want to see her journey to overcome those yeah i like that they wrote her to be not the one-dimensional hero where Mm -hmm. she's just super likable like to me she's a more interesting character because they made her somewhat unlikable it made me invested more to see how she would change. With the plot, is there anything you thought really stood out as good or bad? It follows a typical course for this type of movie where, you know, we see Brittany working to improve herself, right? She does that, I'm just going to run one block, and she makes it a block. Um, So she starts baby stepping her way along to become a runner. She joins a running group with Catherine. She meets another sidekick character, Seth, who is also trying to improve himself um, for his um, son and his husband. Like he's trying to like become healthier um, because he like lost at a potato sack race in elementary school or something. And he's like, I've got to learn to run and be better. Keep up with the kids, basically. So, you know, you meet these like two quirky characters. You learn more about Catherine that she's going through a messy divorce and running has become her outlet as a way to deal with all of the drama of this divorce from what sounds like a, a jerk of a husband that's trying to take custody of the kids and this and that. And so like all of that works that she meets these like positive friends trying to move her along. I have to say I didn't one of the things I didn't like is the Jern character. He is I don't know what she thought of Jern, but so so Brittany um uh, takes a part-time job. Uh, she needs a, another paying job. So she's working two jobs, one at the theater and one as a dog sitter at this you know, wealthy person's house. And Jern is, the, he works the night shift. 
uh, as a dog sitter, but he basically is a bum that lives in this house. Um, he's Peter Pan syndrome all over the place. He likes to watch cartoons. He doesn't really work. He just kind of is using this job as a way to freeload and couch surf at this rich person's house. Brittany starts crushing on him. And I have a hard time understanding why this character is so likable. Uh, to me, I think that was the hardest thing about the film was was the journey and, and the romance that developed there. In a story that actually has some fairly realistic characters, he comes across like a blob of tropes. And mm-hmm. like he's there just as her prize. You know they're going to wind up together no matter what happens. Because this movie actually, the plot itself doesn't really break new ground, right? He was so forced. And I think the actor was fine. And this has nothing to do with the acting. And I thought a lot of the scenes were funny. So as comedy, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a movie where they tried to actually have some layers to the character and he seems layer free his whole dream is a bird covered jumper that he wants to market functional art functional art a bird poncho it's just some like ridiculous thing that's never going to get off the ground it's not going to work on kickstarter because it's so ridiculous and even she recognizes that like he doesn't have goals or ambition and even the one minor thing he does have it does is not going to go anywhere because it's so out there he's just not uh i i just think he was a poorly written character in a film like this she could he wasn't much of a prize maybe if you made him a more interesting prize that could have worked but a guy basically somebody living in his mom's basement so to speak i mean that's the type of character he felt like doesn't seem like much of a prize to me he should have been in a different movie, something that was more overtly comedic. This right. does have a lot of dramatic moments, a lot of moments of, you know, where the characters are, especially Brittany, is doing some soul searching and how she has lived her life. Yeah, he would have been great in, like, Dude, Where's My Car? But not in this dramedy type film. And with all the growth Brittany does, to end up with Jern at the end, I was disappointed with that. I know we'll get more into the ending later, but I, because he didn't look like he had grown much through the film and she has done all this growth. So why, if you're going to grow so much, do you still end up with a character that doesn't seem like he's going anywhere in life? This movie, I think, would have worked better without her winding up with a boyfriend at the end. Yeah, because it's about her growth. She doesn't need a man for her own growth. Now, I think you could have cut out Jern and still had a good movie without this character. Or if you wanted to have a male love interest, the guy that she went on a date with from OkCupid, he seems like a really nice guy. He was the one that when they were making out, he's like, you don't need to use this British accent with me. Just be real, be yourself. Like he actually seemed cool. They could have developed him out versus using the Jern character. But instead of going towards the healthier guy, like the one she went on the date with, she goes back to Jern, who's a dud. And so I, I mean, maybe they were trying to, to say something there with her character. Like she's grown in some ways, but she hasn't grown in other ways. Like she's still choosing immature men. I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to, to do with him. He's the nice guy. And I agree. I don't, I'm not certain what the point of having him in there was. Cause the, the core character development is first her learning to be comfortable with herself. Right. But it's also learning to let other people in 
not as love interests, but just as people who care about her and are supportive. Because that's a huge part of this theme. Right. Stop being a porcupine, push, pushing everybody away. That people want to help you and that's okay. You don't have to go it alone through life. I mean, the one thing they use Jern for is to tell some backstory about why Brittany um, has this chip on her shoulder about getting help from other people. But they could have done that through another character. They didn't have. They could have used Catherine or Seth to tell that same story. It didn't have to come from Jern. Um, but we learn Brittany's mom was fairly narcissistic, left the family to become an actress, left Brittany as a kid with and Brittany's sister with the dad. The dad gets sick and dies, and then she's raised by the sister and the sister's husband, Demetrius. That's how she develops that whole, I don't need anybody. I can do this alone. People are, you're, everyone's going to end up alone. They're ultimately going to leave you anyway. Like that mentality that she has, you know, it comes from all of that history. Yeah, I agree that there are definitely other characters who could have been used to deliver that backstory. But even her stepdad, that is a perfect venue or a perfect model for delivering backstory. And some of it is. He does deliver some backstory. Mm-hmm. Talking about, it's later in the movie, but he's talking about how she entertained her father and like kept his spirits up, right? When he was devastated and getting sick after the mom left. Yeah, she danced around with like a paper towel on her head. <laughs> Right. And it was a nice scene. And actually, the way those characters interacted seemed very natural. It seemed like mm-hmm. two actual people talking to each other, as opposed to everything with Jaren that seemed kind of, I don't know, like I said, it was much more broad, like a, more of a comedy than anything else. Yeah, he just seemed so superficial for her to care about and open up and give him that, that depth of like her history. So it would have been a better movie if you just cut the Jaren character. I think we're both in agreement there yeah and, and this kind of gets to the central message and i already mentioned in part it's her reluctance to let people help her some of that to me was a little forced and this is probably my main problem uh, with the film there is a scene uh, right before the end of the second act pivot there's a party going on and it's for Catherine's new home, right? Yeah, Catherine, it's like her divorce party and welcome to her new home. Mm-hmm. What's happened is that they've gotten into the New York Marathon, which was a big goal for these three people to all get into it. And Brittany did not. She has to get sponsors. And they scrape money together to basically help her out. And not only does she say, I don't really want that, I can do it on my own. She's mean about it. She's mean. She's really ungrateful. Like, they're so excited to be like, we're doing this for you. You're the reason we decided to have this goal to begin with because it was her idea to let's all shoot for the stars and do the New York City Marathon. And then, yeah, she when she pushes people away, she's nasty about it. This person not only says, hey, I'd rather do this on my own. This person is insulting you. Why would you want them back in? I mean, she's okay, but it's not like she's some scintillating uh, personality. She's kind of a sometimes nice, sometimes salty person. It seems like a kind of person you just would be like, okay, bye. Yeah, I'm surprised that they, like, they're very nice people, Seth and Catherine, that they kept trying um, with Brittany because, yeah, a lot of people would have given up on that friendship because of her 
her attitude. I mean, she gets a toed easily, basically, when she sees perceives anybody as trying to support or help her. It didn't bother me, though, because that was her character. Like, there was enough scenes that show that she gets mean um, when somebody is trying to help her or when she's just feeling threatened and insecure. Her natural tendency is to lash out and be mean. Probably the most pivotal scene with that was at Demetrius's birthday party. This is, to me, is not like a deal breaker on this movie. It was just one of the few things outside of Jaren character that I was just like, eh, that's a little overdone. She's like too confrontational, too mean about it. You know, it's not a huge deal. And I agree with you is that, you know, that's set up as kind of how she deals with people. It's just, why would they keep welcome her back in? It's a thing, but. I do think that's an interesting point. Like less so, okay, yeah, we see that that's how she deals with people. She either uses awkward humor or she's just mean and pushes people away. But then um, these friends, why do they accept her back? Like even Gretchen wants her back. Now Gretchen's mean back though. Like they are both mean to each other. So with the Gretchen thing, I was kind of like two of them deserve each other. Like Gretchen's mean, she's mean. Well, (laughs) so Gretchen, like you Mm -hmm. said, she's basically... You know, the relationship they set up is very much like Brittany's just her fat friend who's going to be there to make her look better. After they have that bait, there's a big fight they have and they're, you know, insulting each other and Brittany leaves and leaves the apartment. They run into each other and Gretchen is like tentatively trying to reach out. It is almost like the Gretchen character who we have not seen since the two of them split. It's like she actually did examine herself a bit mm-hmm. and is like, I would like you back in as a friend. I Maybe I made some mistakes. She was even offering like, hey, if you need a place to sleep, I'm at my boyfriend's most of the time. Like, you're welcome to crash. Like she was trying to, on the train, when they ran into each other on the subway, she was really trying to extend the olive branch and Brittany was not having it. She just was nasty and she used the words back at her from the fight. Some of her negative traits like the, like the scene with Gretchen that we just talked about, make the kind of happy ending she has a bit unearned. Hmm, interesting. But I'll get into that at the ending. No. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, so so with the Gretchen fight, it, it basically the whole fight is over. Gretchen is feeling bad because she w- broke up with her boyfriend and she wants to like have ice cream or have a drink. And Brittany's like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to have ice cream. Whatever you want, you know, I'll be there for you, but I can't drink or have ice cream because I'm training. And and then Gretchen gets upset and lashes out because she kind of wants a friend to commiserate with her. And Brittany doesn't want to. And so Gretchen then just lashes into the whole, you'll always be a fat girl. And she gets mean. And then Brittany gets mean back. And that's where their friendship falls. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that friends can be mean to each other like that but they just they set up Gretchen to be the off more awful of the two characters and I just thought well they're both awful <laughs> and I think the scene on the train some people might be like well Brittany is standing up to Gretchen and it's an empowering scene for Brittany but I think both you and I looked at it as she Gretchen's trying when she's grown and Brittany is still being mean and she can't let bygones be bygones and try again and then we see Brittany mean like with Demetrius, so the whole thing with Demetrius, this is probably the meanest she is throughout the entire film, um, is Demetrius is having a birthday party and Brittany's down and out because she got um, 
uh, stress fracture. So she can't run the New York City Marathon. She basically overran. And so she has to rest. And so she's really unhappy. She goes to Philly for this birthday party to do some R&R with her family. And at the table at Demetrius's birthday party is an overweight woman and her like skinny like, boyfriend or husband. And Brittany's drinking and she, in the middle of a speech that Demetrius's wife is giving about how awesome Demetrius is for his birthday, she interrupts and she asks, how did you guys meet? Like the fat girl and the skinny guy and makes it super awkward. She's like, it just doesn't seem like that would be a thing. Like, how does that work? Like, she just becomes really mean to this random, these two people she doesn't know in the middle of Demetrius's party. If I was Demetrius and... And the sister, I would have been pissed. But Demetrius, like, gives her, like, sort of a, like, you were drunk, Pat. I mean, he gives her a talking to a little bit. Like, you're going to have to apologize. But then he gives, like, the pep talk of the film. Like, you got to let people in. You got to stop being so mean, Brittany. Like, a lot of people are there for you. I was there for you. Do you think the problem was that she was, you know, that aggressive and that, mean towards these people she didn't know who were Demetrius's friends. And it's explained Demetrius, you know, is extremely important in her life. He basically served what it like has her stepdad, right? Now mm-hmm. I know he's her brother-in-law, but the relationship as she explains, it is very much like, you know, like a surrogate father. Do you think part of the problem though is when it occurs in the story? Not that she yes. is that aggressively mean, but it's so late. It's in the so story. late in the story. I think that's the main problem is it just doesn't seem like she's grown that other than she's just ran and lost weight. Like the core meanness to her personality where she lashes out when she's embarrassed and insecure. I mean, she even says the reason I lashed out is I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed with who I am. It, it occurs like, yeah, right before the ending. I, I would have liked to see her handle that better that far along in the film. Yeah, because, and I guess we're, we're kind of getting to the ending now. So yeah. right after that, she basically goes back to New York. Her running friends that she told off and basically ghosted on pretty much welcome her back in. Then she runs the New York Marathon and she moves in with Jared or he moves in with her. <laughs> she gets the job she wanted doing advertising work. Yeah, like life's good. But but there is a year in between, right? All this happens in the marathon she couldn't run. And then there's a year later that she's running the marathon. But so you get the sense that that growth happens throughout that year. You just don't get to see it. And that's the problem. In screen time, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like just the end of the movie. And then she's living or at least on the track to live her best life. It's like they took a really interesting character. And a fairly straightforward plot. But they wait the end. So much of that like actual growth, the way it is expressed, happens right at the end. And we don't see most of it. That it just feels clunky. It's just like, well, we hit our 90-minute mark or whatever, however long this movie is. We got to end it. And she needs her reward. So let's just do that. Yeah, fast forward, growth, run the marathon. Yeah, I mean... Demetrius really gets to deliver the key speech in this film, right? It's like the next morning after she was so mean to Jasmine and and her husband, um, he's he basically talks about, you know, this was never about you losing weight, running this marathon. It was about you taking responsibility for yourself. 
-hmm. and your life. And, and then it's, it's, we're supposed to believe that Demetrius's speech and that moment where he said, this is about you taking responsibility for your life that created the light bulb and Brittany to be like, yes, it's more than just me running the marathon and losing 50 pounds. It's about me being a better person and taking responsibility for my actions and, and letting people in that I can't be an Island unto myself and I have to stop pushing people away. And then that's the light bulb she needed to then, you know, move on with her life. And sort of that was her bottom, like the moment that she was so nasty to that, to Jasmine and her husband, like that was her bottom that she needed to get the speech to rise up. Um, so in a, in a film like this, I mean, it was believable because of the type of film it was, but I do think, yeah, they rushed the growth to get to the happy ending. This would have worked better if they had actually shown us some of her growth or more of her growth, not just the lunch with her uh, running friends, but show her actually really having to work to earn their trust again. They like send her pictures from like the finish line that they did it. She couldn't even like send a, you know, I'm happy for you. Like she couldn't even like humor them by and be the better person. Um, she, she didn't respond to any of the calls. Um, and they did bring that up, but they are very quick to forgive her, like multiple times. Very, very, very nice friends. Um, like unbelievably nice friends. This is a movie, if they had zeroed out the entire Jaren uh, storyline, had all that extra time, and have like the big moment where she's like injures herself, has to go to Philadelphia, leaves her friends, have that like right at the early midpoint. Mm-hmm. And then have her come back and have to work through rebuilding relationships and learning that she needs to rely on people and she can. And then the climax is not her in her apartment with Jaren going off to her ad or going off to run, right? But she has her ad job and all that. I thought the climax would have been her just winning or not winning, but completing the marathon. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think it would have been. I, I agree with you on the order, like show the growth in the year leading up to the marathon, cut the germ thing because that's dead weight in this plot anyway. Um, show the growth which, that she has with her friends. Like maybe you could have done something with Gretchen again and made that interesting. Like both of those characters have grown in, in ways. And Catherine, like I would have loved to understand more about Catherine. Like she went through this terrible divorce and the husband was using her former addiction against her in a nasty way. Like she, by basically like keeping the kids from her, you could have done a lot more with Brittany supporting Catherine through that to show that she actually cares about her friends and is not just involved in herself and her pity party, but you just didn't get much of that. The marathon part was cool. Like I liked how they did that with showing her running along the way and like the map and the music. And then, you know, at the 22 mile mark, you know, she like gets the cramps. Is she going to make it? And then her friends are cheering her on and she gets up and does it. And there's this cool scene where she's remembering herself when she was, much larger and just like barely able to run a block. And and then she's like at the like start line of the marathon running. And then there was just like a cool flashback of like, this is where you were and this is where you've come. So I thought they did the marathon itself really well. It was very empowering. But yeah, I agree with you. They could have ended right there when she crossed the finish line at the marathon. They set up a character who was not really your generic comedy film self-fixer-upper, right? 
this is somebody who had some very rough edges, is not always nice to people. But there's like that core in her that you want to see expand. You want to see her learn to like herself and learn to let others in and have a better life. But they got near the end and the the writer's just like, well, I got to wrap this up. So she's going to finish the marathon, get her friends back and have a great life. The end. Yeah, it was lazy writing towards the end. I would I would agree with you. Yeah, let's let's roll into what we liked best and least in our final panda rating. Well, I'll go first on this one. What I liked the best was the opening, like that hook of introducing that character. That was a nice, efficient way to show us who this person is, what her flaws are, what she's going to have to overcome, and why we should be rooting for her, even if she has all the layers of problems. And I thought that was just really well done, very efficient. And I cared about the character almost within the first 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I want to see her succeed. For me, uh, it, I'm going to pick a scene. And it was the scene where, you know, she's starting the marathon at the end and she flashes back to that like one block at a time. Mm-hmm. And you see her struggling to just make it a block. Um, and then you see her, you know, fit and, you know, running a marathon and just, very empowered. And it was just this cool moment um, of here's where you were and you did a bunch of hard work and here's where you are now. Um, I I just thought that was a beautiful moment and well shot how they did that. Well acted too. What did you like least? Shouldn't be a surprise after we talked about the ending, but I thought the ending was just both unearned and unnecessary. And for me, this won't be a surprise, but the Jern character... (laughs) just annoyed me he's a bum that watches cartoons um, wait wait so you mean women don't dream about uh unemployed dudes who sit around watching cartoons and eating cereal all the time right that's, <laughs> that's, that's my dream guy wow. right there take <laughs> note he would have been fine if it worked in this film and and did something um to to improve the film or improve britney's growth and development but it didn't so think he could have cut him out and done a lot more to flesh out the complexities of the friendships. It does show why sometimes it is better not to follow the conventions of a genre. In this case, if you're doing a comedy or a dramedy, it's often there's going to be some sort of love interest, right? Mm -hmm. This is a case where the love interest detracts from the film. This should really just have been hyper-focused on her her growth, how she learns to love herself, and then how she learns to have connected relations with other, not that she gets a boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, you really didn't need that. I mean, there is that one point where she tells Jern, she's like, hey, I can't really sleep with you right now. I got to work on me. Like she does let him know that. And you you assume that through part of that year that she's growing, the year that we don't see because we flash forward, that she isn't with Jern. And he tries. He like asks if he can like stay at her place because he's couch surfing still. And she says no. She sets some limits on him. But then obviously at some point she takes him back. So <laughs> we don't know when or what happens and what's the story there. But yeah, I, he just seemed like dead weight in the film. Uh, okay, final panda rating. What you got, Jeff? In spite of my criticisms, I enjoyed this film. I gave it a 3.5. I'm having a hard time with the whole pandas, I think. <laughs> whole panda numbers. It's like there's always a, a fraction of a panda. It generally works as a movie. There's some funny bits. The lead uh, character is interesting. The acting is generally good. Even Jern 
the acting's fine. It says, yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the character. So overall, if you're looking for a dramedy that at times really leans more towards the drama, I would say definitely check this out. It's well worth the time. It's a good movie. Yeah, so we actually agree. I also gave it a 3.5 positive pandas out of five. Um, It's, you know, it's a good film. If you just need something uplifting to watch, it's a great one to just, yeah, and especially if you're trying to improve something in your life. Maybe you're trying to quit a bad habit or maybe you're trying to lose some weight. It's, it's, It's a really inspirational film to watch in that way. Um, or maybe you're trying to, maybe you're that person that's a little mean to your friends sometimes. Like it's, it, it is, it has some good lessons in it about letting people in. So I like the lessons about you got to take responsibility for your life, the power of healthy friendships, um, why no man is an island, why we all need support and encouragement from one another, and that everybody has the potential to um, set goals and achieve them. Um, taking little steps at a time to get there and improve bad habits. So yeah, overall, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Thank you for listening to Stream On. Join us next week when we'll be reviewing Rebecca, currently streaming on Netflix. Stream On is a production of Steph and Jeff Wright's Media. Reproduction of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. All rights reserved, 2020.